All right, good morning, listeners, and welcome to this week's edition of News from the Drug War Front. Uh, my name is Jeff. My co presenter is Marion. Good morning to you. Well, sort of good morning. Yeah, sure. it's a bit off this morning. Hello, everybody. How are you, my darlings? I hope you snuggled up comfortably in bed. We're going to go to a song in a little while, but I want you to just sit and listen to the first bit. Then when the song comes on, pop out, get yourself a coffee and snuggle back into bed because it's cold out there, sweetie, cold out there. But we've got a lot to tell you today and it's some of, a lot of it's important. A lot of it relates to us um, and about our legislation here and we want you to hear us and we want to know what you think too. So, you know, get back in touch with Karma. Let us know what you think about us well, not me personally. I really don't want to know that. <laughs> we no, want to know what you think of the show yeah. and what you'd like to hear on the show. And if we're not doing it for you, we want to know why. Things and, are, yeah. And what sort of issues you'd like Carmen to raise? What I you'd mean, like to cover. Absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely I mean, what we I, want to know. I think today's local story is very important. We've got ACOS's press release about their evidence to the yeah. select committee. Um, and it's good to get support from the, the non-government sector and from the large numbers of people that we are, that this legislation, the ACT legislation, is getting support from. Um, so we'll give you that. But effectively, we'll uh, get ourselves into the show and we'll bring that stuff up when we're ready. Because yeah. Yeah, but nice to see you, nice to talk to you. Good to say g'day, howdy, and hello, Mares, and I hope you're still lying in bed and having an extra cup of coffee for yourself. And hello the boys out the back who uh, let the ducks out this morning and I had to round them up and send them back again. So, Jono, if you're listening, keep those ducks in the backyard. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> From an old duck. <laughs> All right, uh, welcome listeners to, to, to today's edition of News from the Drug Warfront brought to you by the Canberra Alliance for Home Minimisation and Advocacy. Karma is a peer-based, community-controlled drug user organisation with over two decades serving the ACT. Now, regrettably, the global policies of prohibition remain largely unchanged, so uh, ongoing human rights abuses and the stigmatising and discrimination of people who use drugs continues. Uh, we acknowledge the effort of peers and activists who have contributed to the fight against the war on people who use drugs and reaffirm our commitment to continue the fight against the harms caused by prohibition in all of its manifestations. So the show, the show aside from presenting some of the news, also hopes to inform and educate listeners about uh, our perception of the failure of prohibition and also, of course, to promote the services offered by Karma and other organisations in the ACT. And it's a well-supported perception too, Geoffrey. You know, we, we aim to present you with the news, but it isn't news to anybody who's been in touch with uh, illicit drugs or the, the knowledge of the laws against drugs, which have been around since 1961. So we're now talking 60 years, and that's just ludicrous, isn't it? Anyway, yeah. Karma... The organisation that presents this radio show to you provides a wide range of services um, for drug users and, in fact, residents of the ACT and district, such as client advocacy, peer treatment support, education information, creative arts, mentoring and referrals. The Karma office is located in the Church's Centre at Shop 17, Level, level 1, 54 Benjamin Way in Belconnen. Office hours at 10am to 4pm, Monday to Friday. The phone number is 62533643. Karma continues to run its Australia First Opioid Overdose Recognition and Response Work with Naloxone Workshops. It also does uh, brief interventions with individual clients 
uh, and can help people with a wide range of issues, including opioid maintenance treatment, and that's methadone or butte for those people who don't know. And more recently, we've got the longer-acting injectable forms of buprenorphine known as buvital or sublocate. Support, treat, support treatment uh, with, of hepatitis C. The availability of detox and rehab services in the ACT. The wide-ranging negative impact of stigma and discrimination. Difficulties with getting access to proper pain relief or palliative care. We work our butts off to help you with that. We can't always promise um, the outcome you want, but often we can get the outcome that you need. Um, depending upon the availability of the drugs that you are required. It seems like it's becoming more difficult, isn't it, to Look, get access? and in particular, I think it's really important that people note that with the closing down of the borders, with Australia dividing itself up into individual states, the difficulty of getting access to perhaps the illicit drugs that they have been used to getting is going to throw a lot of people towards the treatment services um, simply because they can't get access to the drugs that either they are dependent upon or they require for one reason or another or they are used to having. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a, a problem and it's something that needs to be acknowledged but is very rarely addressed. And But anybody who's been involved in using illicit drugs will know that the shutting down of the borders has made a huge difference to the quality and the price of uh, drugs, street drugs these days. And that is a huge problem because we don't know, not only have we not known for 60 years what we get on the street, it is now even more difficult to determine whether, because the drugs become weaker, Geoffrey, with every time mm -hmm. we get some kind of interdiction or intervention or reduction in the availability of street drugs, particularly with the, the powders um, and the pills, we end up wondering what the hell we're putting into ourselves, but doing it nonetheless, simply because once you've got a habit, you've got a habit, that's it. Um, you've got to feed that rabbit and if there's no treatment available and there are very limited services for that, you can maintain your habit but the change in the quality of the street drugs has got to be taken into account and then all of a sudden you might get something that's a little bit stronger and boom. So when we talk about getting hold of naloxone, we mean it. Oh, absolutely. You need to have naloxone. So the training that's provided um, through Karma. Do you want to give the date for the yeah, next? Yeah, yeah, um... I would indeed like to do that. The um, the next uh, opioid overdose recognition and response with naloxone workshop is scheduled for August the tenth. That's next week. Um, for information or to book a place, call Dave or Damo on six two five three. Three six four three. Do you want to do the reach teach treat one two, Jeffrey? Oh, yeah. You, you, you can do. It. Oh, okay. I might as well keep on rabbiting while I'm at it. Um, the reach teach treat, which was the is the beautiful um, combined project between hepatitis ACT and Karma. It's been going gangbusters, and uh, it's every Wednesday they have uh, training and uh, induction, if you like, into the program. But the collaborative initiative between Karma and Hepatitis ACT keeps going. So get play, paid to clear your Hepatitis C, which is 
monumental thing to have happen. Call Karma on 62533643 or Hepatitis ACT on 62306344 for information. And just while I'm talking about that, more, I mean, as important as Hepatitis C is, what's happening at the moment is we have COVID-19. Now, a lot of people may not have been able to get access to AstraZeneca, to the, the vaccine. If you are over 60, and this is important, if you're over 60, you can get a, your vaccine from directions, from NSP in the city, um, the nurses there on Tuesdays. Now, there are also locations, other locations, that I'll give you in a second, but it's just important to note, you need to be over 60. I suggest you bring with you either your driver's licence or just something that indicates that you're over 60 if you've got a... Um, if you've got a... a, a a date of but something that proves when you were born anyway yeah, passport a passport anything that will or even if you've got a um, a proof of age card yeah. that was what I was thinking of which I know is ridiculous to think that you have to have if you're <laughs> sixty but I have one because I haven't got a driver's license anymore nor do I so I had to get that so anyway to be over sixty you can get the AstraZeneca it's available for free of course because it's available for free from everywhere but much easier to access, right? So you can get your first dose. No good in thinking you can go straight ahead and get your second dose because it doesn't work like that. So get your first dose and talk to the nurse so that's available. You know when to come back and get your second dose. So that's available at NSP in town on Tuesdays. Now there are other dates at days and locations of the mobile unit, needle exchange unit, Monday at Illawarra Court. Tuesday, Canangra Court, Wednesday, Oaks Estate, Friday at City Veterans Park. Is that what, Glee it's, Park? That, that's the one in the city just um, across from the early morning centre, you know, that little oh, triangle yeah, yeah, one? yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Um, and generally they're there from about 9 o'clock till 3 o'clock. That's fantastic, man. Yeah, so, yeah, so take advantage of that because I think it's a terrific idea and I know that a lot of people can't be bothered ringing up and being on hold for, you know, 40 minutes waiting for an appointment because, you know, we forget appointments. And if you've got to go out to bloody Coombs or to God knows where for an appointment that's just not on, it's not the kind of thing that, you know, we will do as a course. But this is available via directions, easy access. You'd normally go to an NSP, I would hope anyway, if you're an injector. If you're over 60, you can get your AstraZeneca there at on Tuesdays. That's today because the nurse is there today. Um, or ring up and find out when um, any other time. But it just I'm glad that I got that this morning so, you know, directions know that we can. I'd like to have some more collaborative stuff through all the drug and alcohol sector using our radio show we're as a, a vehicle. Yeah. promote services. Absolutely. Yeah. That's <clears throat> what we're here for is to tell our customers and our friends and our peers what's there for them to help you through life and to keep you alive preferably that's yeah. what we want well, reduction of harm and covid's about as harmful as it gets and it's right in our face right now so get yourself vaccinated my darlings and 
Just go to NSP today if you want to. Yeah, no, that's that's really, really important information. Okay, or get in touch with Directions or the NSP to find out the other dates for when the bus is going to be around and about, yeah? Yeah, because you make a very good point that it, if it's not easy, especially if you haven't got a car, you know, oh, driving out to Coombs. That, and or, that's been the major problem, even for us, you know, is yeah. actually getting ourselves together, finding a date, getting out to the appointment, because a lot of the places where you can get either get tested because my feeling is if you're going to get tested you have to know what you're going to do with a positive result jeffrey now that was the mantra that we had when hiv was first around yeah what are you going to do if you get a positive result Uh, and i don't think people know these days because the information we've got is is like not there what do you do if you've got a positive result yeah yeah. and if it is there it's not the same as it was last week so, I, yeah, so get yourself vaccinated, my darlings. I don't think we've got many people that might be infected with COVID at the well, moment. So Canberra doesn't seem to have no. any community transmission at the moment. But get yourself vaccinated anyway because we don't know who's packing up the dope, do we? No. We don't know where they've been. We don't know who they've been in contact with. We don't know how to have a bong or have a shot or... You know, we. how do you stay safe from COVID when you don't know where the dope's coming from? Well, especially this new strain, Marion. It just seems well, so much Delta more infectious. Well, this Delta one, it yeah. just has to waft past your yeah. face as far as I well, can figure out. Was it five or ten seconds? Or... Frighteningly yeah. fast, yeah? Yeah. Anyway, it's, so it's, it's there for you, my dears. No, that's that's really, really important information. Okay, uh, the contents of this news from the Drug War Front broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views and the po- and all the policies of the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy Karma does not condone but nor condemn drug use and does not promote illegal activity. Karma recognises that drug use happens. As such, Karma focuses on harm reduction messages, drug treatment support services, advocacy and community development. Karma seeks to reduce the harms associated with drug use as well as the harms associated with the criminalisation of drug use through the provision of empowering programs that concentrate on community development, person-centred holistic health care and equity of health delivery for all people. Indeed it do. Shall we go to a song? And Let's go to a song. Then we'll uh, kick off with the... Uh... Then you can pop off and get your cups of coffee, my darlings, and then pop back into bed and listen to the rest of the show. What do we got, Jeffrey? I thought I'd say Walk on the Wild Side. I just... Oh, what a good idea. <laughs> it's a classic. So wobble on the wild side out to the kitchen and then back to bed and listen to the show. Here's Lou Reed. <laughs> Yeah, I love that saxophone uh, break at the it's end. It's of... beautiful, isn't it? It's and I just, I love a... that song anyway, Jeffrey. It just, it's so cruisy. And it's such a great observation of. Yeah, um... yeah, yeah. And look, the, the, the language of poetry really doesn't it hit you? You know, just in the heart, you just think, wow, how did you see that? You know, how did you get that out of, I don't know, the, the chaos, you know, of your using life to, yeah. to pick that out and. And then put that cruisy, and the, then the saxophone, and just think, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's I pretty wish cool. it was like that. He <laughs> was evidently um, heavily influenced by an American poet called Delmore Schwartz. Oh yeah, I've um, read a few Lou Reed, you know, bios. I, I have not heard of Delmore Schwartz. Yeah, I think he's lesser known American poet, but um, well, he took nice Lou to under his wing. Well, it's nice to know that uh, he at least acknowledges that because uh, you've got to be a bit generous to give away your fame and acknowledge that you've been influenced by someone else, I yeah, reckon. That's because a good point. really when you're climbing the ladder to success, 
and maybe you know like a quarter of the way up to to um to be generous enough to say influence i'm influenced by heavily influenced by something mm. somebody like yep. it, it's a fairly generous act i reckon yeah i agree don't you think anyway oh, yeah. so we'll go on to the acos yeah thing, i think so yeah, yeah. So we just before the news comes up, my darlings, you need to know. Of course, you will have heard about the uh, the uh, the Michael uh, Patterson, the local MLA, who has put forward uh, some legislation decriminalising um, recreational or amounts of small amounts of recreational drugs used for recreation, if you like. I don't want to put it any other way because I know people get very upset about recreational drugs. Um, and don't like the idea that you might enjoy drug use, so it's a problem. So ACTCOS gives evidence on ACT drug reform bill, and this is an ACTCOS um, media release on July the 30th, which is only a couple of days ago. The ACT Council of Social Services, or ACTCOS, today gave evidence to the ACT Legislative Assembly's Select Committee on Drugs of Dependence Personal Use Amendment Bill 2021. The bill, aimed at decriminalising small amounts of certain drugs for personal use, will help ensure people who use drugs access appropriate health care and supports rather than ending up in the criminal justice system. It's, uh, in its evidence to the committee, ACOS highlighted the significant positive impact the passing of this legislation would have on some of the most disadvantaged people in Canberra. Good point. ACCOS CEO Dr Emma Campbell said, quote, We strongly support the passing of this bill and believe that when coupled with adequate funding for the alcohol and other drugs, AOD, sector, it will change people's lives. She goes on to say, People who experience social disadvantage are more likely to have their drug use criminalised rather than treated as a matter of public health. Indeed, many users of drugs suffer greater harm because of discriminatory engagement with the justice and healthcare systems than from the drug use itself. Here, here. Uh, it goes on, decriminalisation will dramatically reduce harm from drug use by diverting people away from the criminal justice system. It will also reduce the stigma attached to drug use and encourage people to seek treatment services when they need them. I don't think you can overstate the importance of that, Mary. No, I, and I guess that's why I emphasise that, Geoffrey. When they need them is really important. Yeah, they've got to be there, but it's got to be when people are ready to do it. Yeah, exactly. Or when they need to do it. And we're at that point in this virus, in this pandemic, where access to clean drugs is becoming rarer and rarer becoming much more difficult. Yeah. Anyway, this uh, media release goes on. The AOD sector needs to be adequately resourced huh, to meet this need as it arises. We estimate that capacity must at least double to meet current, current demand. It's a really good point too. For those that can access AOD treatment in the ACT, we know that these treatments work well and produce good outcomes for individuals, their families and the broader community. That's when it's timely. They're relating that to. We commend the committee for taking the time to consult with the community sector 
who are overwhelmingly in favour of passing this legislation to protect the most disadvantaged people in the ACT, said Dr Campbell. And I look, I can only congratulate Cos on coming to the party on this because it's a really good reflection of... I guess what's going on in the community at the moment, um, without even referring to COVID, the impact of drug use or illicit drug use um, on people's health and well-being is immense, on families, on social connections, on um, you know just on their engagement, I guess, with the general community, on being able to be a citizen when you're using illicit drugs, becomes very difficult, don't you think? Oh, Jeffy? absolutely. It just, you can't, it, it's just, it's like, and I know I've said this many times before and it must irritate people no end, but it's like it's not okay to enjoy drugs. That's why, you know, we use the terms recreational drug use very loosely. It's not okay to enjoy drugs. Um, it's okay to use them if you have to for treatment, but even then, marijuana or cannabinoids, you know, they're legally available for med medicinal treatment, mm -hmm. but you can't get them. Well, but if you enjoy them, difficult to get. You're not supposed to be able to get them. Mm. I find that just blows my mind, Jeffrey. I can't get my, wrap my head around it. It's a real contradiction. I saw a very interesting um, film that uh, a friend of mine um, alerted me to the fact that it was um, available for f free viewing. Yeah. And it was called The Wisdom of Trauma. And it's um, Hungarian, I think he's a doctor, but Gabor yeah. Mate. And he's basically saying that the vast majority of people who have problematic relationship with Drugs. illegal substances, yeah. there's an underlying childhood trauma likely underneath Surprise! Yeah, but yeah, good that there's a there's a um, that's we're from Hungary, Hungary, Jeffrey. He's, yeah, he, he was born I think um, just as the Germans invaded Hungary as a one month old baby. Wow, can you can you imagine yeah. the impact of that? I mean, I constantly am look. We're looking at you know uh, autobiographies and biographies of people who have been through the Second World War, through the concentration camps who've had massive trauma and, you know, or even these days domestic violence, yep. rape. That I don't think there is anybody who has been through life and can honestly look at their life and say they have never at least seen trauma, let alone experienced it personally. Mm -hmm. You'd have to be blind, yeah? Blind yeah. Freddy has... Everybody must have seen some kind of trauma sometime, even... And I have to say this, I watched when I was, what, 16, I saw a guy knocked off his bike, his motorbike, you know, by a car on the way into Civic. And when he got up, his leg crump, crumpled underneath him, Jeffrey, because it was broken. Ooh. Now, I found that trauma. I still remember that. That, to me, was traumatic. Yep. 16, I hadn't seen anything like that before. That's the kind of stuff. That stuff counts as trauma, don't you think? Absolutely. Just just the vision of this guy's leg collapsing underneath him, not being able to support his weight, and imagine the the poor guy to whom it happened. Bad enough, but you mm. know. Anyway, I just think that it's a that's a really important point. The effect of trauma. Yeah. yeah. If you get a chance to see it, the wisdom of trauma. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It was. Um, where was it from? Um. 
it was I'm not sure it was just uh, available to watch online oh, um, okay. for a certain right. number so of days through... for free but I guess it's going to be released or on Netflix or something yeah. but um anyway okay. we're off we, to the news we, and we are off to the news and we shall return and talk about Karma's perspective on the Indeed. all right uh, welcome back to news from the drug war front brought to you by Karma the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimization and Advocacy and it's four minutes after 11 on 2XXFM 98.3 People Powered Radio. And uh, I'd like to actually also uh, promote another um, new support group that's been um, developed by uh, one of the connection workers, Monica. And it's uh, called the Jude Byrne Women's Support Group. And um, it's basically a support group for women who use drugs and have CYPS involvement. It's starting on Friday the 13th of August, which is um, Friday week. Uh, it's a group program. It will run from 11.30am till 2.30pm on Fridays uh, for three months running weekly. Weeks one to three will involve support group, lunch, self-esteem building, arts and crafts and relaxation. Week four will include lunch with a question and answer session with a guest speaker. A $50 payment will be given at week four of each month to each person who attends. Now, the location of this um wonderful support group and it's named in honour of um, the late Jude Byrne who um, started a, a similar um, uh, program for mothers with young children back in the day and I can recall meeting a lot of these children later on as adults who recalled um, the impact of this program so uh, it was it was very um, ahead of its time. The location will be at the Karma drop-in centre and uh, yeah, the office uh, which is Unit 17, Level 1, 54 Benjamin Way in the Churches Centre, which is uh, in Belconnen. And you can call uh, Monica on 62533643 and um, just express your interest or make inquiries or make a booking or check out the Karma website, which is www.cahma.org.au. So um, very... Uh, exciting development and I think it's it's an area that many women who use illicit drugs and come to the attention of um, CYPS end up being put through the ringer essentially and um, find it very difficult to prove that they're still you know a good parent. Um, being an illicit drug user is not an automatic uh, you know determination that you're a bad parent um, but often that is uh, essentially what ends up happening so um, keep that in mind the Jude Byrne Women's Support Group starting on Friday the 13th of August and if you're interested contact Monica on 6253-3643 uh, look we might go to a song uh, my colleague Dave has um, given me uh, one of a CD from one of his favourite bands Rise Against and this track is entitled Monarch this is Rise Against all right, that's Rise Against and Monarch with thanks to Dave for uh, providing that CD. Uh, you're listening to News from the Drug War Front with Jeff and Marion in the 2XX studio, People Powered Radio, 98.3 FM. Yeah, if you um, like the show or any of the shows that you hear on uh, 2XX, which is your local People Powered Radio, um, why not become a member or... Uh, and, you know, just get in touch with 2XX, find out how you can subscribe or just become a member, possibly even become a volunteer because public radio is a really valuable asset and uh, to maintain it and keep its connection with the community, we need you to be involved. So please get in touch with 2XX or, uh, and find out how you can contribute or 
you know, subscribe to 2XX and support your local public public radio because it's such a valuable asset. Yeah, well said, Marion. And they've been a strong supporter of our show for They've over been 15 fabulous years. to us, Jeff. And, you know, the, I can't understate that, you know, the, or can't overstate it really. I can understate it, but I can't overstate it. They've been really supportive of us and cannot, um, can't thank them enough, really, no. for what they've done for us. Exactly. So if you enjoy our show... Um, or yeah. any of the other, or any of the you other. know, there's like... What have we got? Maybe eight, ten that are locally produced every week. Eighty, eighty. Wow. Every week. I mean, some of them are just music shows or multicultural. That's Australia wide, yeah. No, no. That's just just local. Yeah. Wow. You know way more than I do about it. So that's eighty shows. That's phenomenal, isn't it? It's a huge community asset. And and the information I know before us, there are a couple of. Ecologically, but or land care, um, Earth Matters, and they're really important. Um, as important, if not more so. I mean, the future of the earth is important, is it not? I would think and so. <laughs> we rely heavily on that. Love you to listen to those and just give some feedback to Double X on what you like and what you'd like to hear and then become involved because it's easy to do. Um, and just look, learn how to be a, a presenter in radio. You don't need an awful lot of talent to do no, that. Just training. It's a man you can do training. Pushing buttons and yeah. pretending that you're talking to your co-presenter and one other person <laughs> out there in radio land. That's as hard as it gets, gang. Exactly. But it's no. really, it's a joy to do, I find. Every week I look forward to doing this show. Yep, so, you know, thanks Double X for letting us do it and thanks Karma for promoting us and, yeah, thanks, Jeffrey, for being with me on this oh, lovely my, ride. My, my pleasure, Marion. I'm delighted to uh, to work with you. Yeah. All right, uh, we mentioned before the Atcost press release. Um, just want to give you a flavour of... Um, Karma's. Karma's submission. Yeah. Um, last Friday, uh, our boss, uh, Chris, actually gave uh, verbal evidence to the Select Committee on the Drugs of Dependence Personal Use Amendment Bill 2021. And uh, just to give you sort of a flavour, the executive summary says, Karma wishes to thank the ACT Legislative Assembly for progressing this bill, the inquiry into the Drugs of Dependence Personal Use Amendment Bill 2021. Karma believes that this represents a huge step forward in drug law reform and drug treatment and commends the Assembly for prioritising this work. In the following submission, Karma adds its support to the bill in question while asking that the bill be altered in several ways which Karma believes will enhance the bill and provide added benefit to the issues that the bill seeks to address. It must be noted that Karma's submission deals mainly with the issue of the simple drug offence notice part of the bill. Although Karma does make several recommendations with regard to the other issues raised in the bill, in general, Karma refers the committee to a total submission sections covering issues related to increasing drug treatment and harm reduction options. In short, Karma and the community that we represent is hopeful that this bill will be passed in order to allow people who use drugs to become less marginalised in the community, which we talk about all the time. Every week. Decrease the criminalisation of people who use drugs. Decrease the stigma and discrimination of people who use drugs. Allow support rather than punishment of people who use drugs at the pivotal moment where law enforcement becomes involved in that person's life. Increase the rate and efficacy at which people who use drugs access treatment. Another thing that we talk about all the Indeed. time, Aaron. Provide increased capacity for existing alcohol, tobacco and other drug services and provide resourcing for the development of long-anticipated low-threshold services, including fixed-site drug testing, 
a peer or nurse-led supervised injecting centre and a hydromorphone-assisted treatment trial. Hear, hear for that. Really proud of Karma for that submission. It's got the, it's really got the guts of, I guess, what we've been on about for for such a long time, Jeffrey. You know, we've had such a lot of optimist, you know, periods of optimism when things looked like they were going to eventuate it just didn't happen, and big, big disappointment. Well, you'd remember in the nineties. Oh, indeed. We were so close to the heroin trial. We thought trial. we were going to get a heroin program, heroin trial, trial, and then really just got knocked on the head, despite the fact that the the research, the the evidence was suggested sound. that it was would be welcomed. The states and territories supported Absolutely. it. Absolutely, it was welcomed left, right, and centre, and then suddenly, bang, was knocked all gone. Head. All that, all that work, all that, inf- and yet. Many other countries in the world took up and used our evidence to you to produce their own heroin programs, not trials, programs. So the provision of heroin is now available in places like Switzerland, um, Canada, England, parts of Canada, Germany, yeah. the Netherlands. You know, and look at what's happening in Canada now is actually going ahead in leaps and bounds. And where's where's Australia? Lagging. Back in the starting line. Yeah. I just remember the profound sense of disappointment when that... It was huge, even though we had been warned, yeah. you know, that it was it may it was not happen. Gabriel yeah. Bama, who ran it, Dr Gabriel Bama, who ran the, uh, the research, said to us, it may not happen no matter what the outcome of the research is, it still may not happen. Don't hang your hat on it. And yet we did. We really looked forward to it and thought, look, that evidence just says do it. Anyway, let's get back to Karma's um, recommendations. So with regards to the simple drug offence notice, Karma's uh, summary of recommendation, the first recommendation, pass the bill in an altered form mirroring the ACT cannabis legislation of 2019. And then a next recommendation, if Karma's first recommendation is not possible, then pass the bill with an alternative to a fine. Karma's preference is that a simple untied referral be provided by the police to a drug treatment provider. Then next recommendation, removal of Schedule 8 drugs by name and inclusion instead of a catch-all phrase which deals with schedulates without naming individual substances because that's been a trap over the years, labelling substances, because every time we label a substance, there's a new one Mm. which is not going to be caught in that legislation. So continually changing the legislation, it's not practicable. It just doesn't work properly. Anyway, so without naming individual substances, insertion of gamma Hydroxybutyrate, butyrate, beg your pardon, GHB. Carfentanil and other fentanyl derivatives. Insertion of a future-proofing clause dealing with the future analogues of drugs contained on the list, which is a really good recommendation. The next, I'm not saying that the rest aren't, but that's a really potent one, Mm. I think. Thorough discussion of the concept of police discretion as it relates to marginalised and criminalised people who use drugs and supply alcohol treatment, alcohol and other drug treatment training for police, which I think would be really, despite the fact that I can see the police saying, no, that's not what we're there for, that's what the AMBOs or the treatment sector's there for, but neither here nor there, a little bit of training never did anybody any harm. It couldn't hurt for them to be informed. 
Next recommendation, ensure governance mechanisms and evaluation mechanisms are put in place to safeguard and monitor the bill. Very important. Next one, remove the self-administration of drugs offence. Wow. Good point, Chris. Change the personal limits used in the bill to the ACT personal possession limits. The next one, that, that drug drive, driving testing should be conducted based on impairment or not at all. Yeah, and that yeah. is really potent. Yeah, we've talked about that. How many times have all we All the that? time, Jeffrey. Every week something comes up in that area, in that arena about it's actually bad impairment as opposed to presence of yeah. being important. Uh, the next, that the committee follows the recommendations of the ATODA submission with regards to proposed changes to the ATOD sector as a whole, the alcohol um, treatment, other drug sectors, alcohol, tobacco, and other drug sector. I beg your pardon. Yep. Um, the summary of recommendations also makes some points about systemic issues around yep. the ATOD sector. It says, additionally, Karma hopes the bill will shed light into the systemic changes that are required in the alcohol, tobacco, and other drug sector to support people who use drug treatment services to access treatment in a more effective and timely manner especially given a policy environment where people with problematic drug use are viewed as needing health treatment as opposed to criminal sanctions. Karma points the committee to the Atoda submission, which deals with this section. In addition to the points raised by the Atoda submission, Karma recommends... Okay, yeah, recommendation one, that the committee follows the recommendations of Atoda submission with regards to proposed changes to the uh, alcohol, tobacco and other drug sector as a whole. The next, that the government invests in fixed-site drug testing and a supervised injecting facility, injection facility. The next, conduct work into the nexus of ATOD and mental health issues and tailor programs which can progress treatment of both issues concurrently. That's really important and, and has often been lobbed into a basket of dual, uh, what do they call it, uh, uh, dual diagnosis, yeah. which is just, uh, you know, it's kind of doesn't make any sense, you know, dual diagnosis of what? It's an arbitrary distinction. It is. It's a, and the bottom line is that people will have mental health issues of one sort or another, but exactly. you can bet your boots, you know, just think about that. That uh, doco from Hungary you're talking about earlier, you know, that really if people have got trauma in their background, the relationship of trauma to drug use is probably pretty intense. Pretty, pretty, pretty intense, correct, yeah. yeah. Anyway, the um, so and the fixed uh, yeah, yeah, mental health issues. Okay, the last, that the ACT government prioritises a hydromorphone-assisted treatment program in the ACT cannot, cannot support that louder than I have in the last five years, Jeffrey. It is absolutely fundamental to really to relaxing relaxing people. Look look at what's happened with COVID. We knew that this was going to happen sometime or another in my lifetime. I thought what was more likely to happen was the availability of heroin on a program. And that's what I said. Probably that'll happen the day after I die. Yeah? <laughs> Hope not. And that'll be the Marion Watson Memorial Heroin <laughs> Trial. Heroin program, sorry, not trial. But no, what we've got is COVID, which means boom, 
shut down Australia, shut down Canberra, shut down New South Wales, shut down Victoria, Queensland, ACT, shut down Australia. Well, it's changed and life as we know it. Absolutely, it? completely changed life. No plan for dealing with it, let alone for dealing with people in our peer group, Jeffrey. No plan for dealing with people with drug We did issues. in the ACT. We, had, we did, in yeah. fact, but that was about as much about dealing with testing and COVID-positive people, not about what are we going to do with people. Oh, no, sorry, I lie. Chris did also um, explain to us how they were going to deal with people who were COVID-positive, who had opioid dependency issues. That was a very important part of his policy. And he came and told us early on in the pandemic that they had planned for this, that the alcohol and drug sector, including karma, which is peer-based and which means consumer-based, had planned for how they were going to deal with people with opioid dependency issues who were COVID positive. But what about people who don't want to be treated by the available treatment methods? That becomes an issue. Um, And I go back to the original question, what do you do with a positive test result? Mm. Why get tested if when you know you're positive to COVID... And you don't know how long it's going to last for. You don't know how long you're going no. to be sick for. Or when you're going to come back with a negative test result. What are you going to do with it? Yeah, good question. Anyway, look, um, I'm pretty sure that all the re- all these submissions are uh, on the ACT government um, I'm website. impressed with that one, Jeffrey. It's yeah. a really good... Really, I know, well done, Chris. You know, well done, Karma. It's a good, comprehensive, comprehensive approach to the um, simple position issues well, yeah it's such an important opportunity for some positive yes. progressive reform and, and some collaborative input collaborative yeah, input and development of legislation so yeah i'm really impressed with it so and there's been a lot of support you know even from some surprising quarters i mean it wasn't ruled out of hand by the leader of the liberal party is I, that right yeah, this I, is lee uh, yeah, she was, lee, yeah. She, she was um she stressed also the need for services as well as the, you know, drug can't, can't knock that, though, no. Jeffrey. I mean, treatment services are an essential part of any medical issue, oh, if excellent. you like. Yeah, treatment for the issue is important. You so can't, can't argue with that, that at all. Yeah. No, we're, we're, look, we're, we're short, short of services. There's no doubt about it. There needs to be a, a, a much more significant investment of, you know. Well, yeah, that's gone right down the gurglers, Jeffrey. We had way more treatment services in the 80s than we've got now. Pro rata, like yeah. per head of population, yeah. I reckon. I would imagine you're And right. that just seems peculiar that that should be the case now, that we had more treatment services then than we have now. How come? Why? Just not sensible. Anyway. But anyway, the point to take from this, listeners, is there's um, a reform bill being considered at the moment. Uh, submissions have been put in by organisations like ours and ACOS, etc. A lot of support. Um you can find the submissions on the ACT um, website, government website yep. and, um, yeah, find out what's going on. We'll go to a song and then we'll come back with some other stories. This is uh, The Saints with uh, I'm Stranded. Let's hope this bill's not Indeed, stranded. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a great track, isn't it, Marion? Yep, I got the cymbals with that too. You did. I saw you <laughs> playing the drums along there. 
uh, that was uh, I'm Stranded by the Saints. It okay, it's was. up past 11. You're listening to News from the Drug War Front, brought to you by Karma, the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy, on 2XX People Powered Radio 98.3 FM. Marion, you want to mention the early morning centre? You I heard did, something. and I ju- was interested to hear on the weekend, Jeffrey, that. Uh, the early morning centre, and a lot of people who go to the early morning centre, you know, on Northbourne Avenue would know that the early morning centre is now open seven days a week. Um, but there was a bit uh, on the ABC News on Sunday night, I think it was, with a, a good um, interview, short interview with uh, Nicole, who runs it. And I'm just pleased to hear that it's open seven days a week. I suspect it's largely because... Um, People need to have an address or need to be somewhere at the moment. They need to be able to say, well, if you want to contact me, this is where I can be found. Um, and now seven days a week, the early morning centre is available. I don't think it's available for breakfast. In fact, I'm pretty sure it isn't. But it's certainly available for drop-in at least. Such an um, We might service. have more information about yeah. that next week, hopefully. But it's just good to know that um, largely homeless people have somewhere they can be contacted via, um, particularly if they're doing contact tracing, Geoffrey, they need yeah. to know that. But people also, it's been so cold, yeah, need somewhere warm to be. Imagine being homeless the at the moment. Oh, it's so, yeah. so freezing. Oh. All right. Um, we've got an international story from Ireland. It's uh, from the Irish Times by Kitty Holland, July 26. Drug use in Dublin. People are passing all the time. It's disgusting for me and for them. And the subheading is addicts are injecting on the streets as permission for a facility has been set aside. Mm. The development of a facility where intravenous drugs could be consumed under medical supervision would, quote, get injecting out of the public eye and lessen the risk of people dying from overdoses, uh, according to Dublin drug users. Some of those who spoke to the Irish Times said they felt horrible have, uh, about having to inject on the streets and that doing so is dangerous for the wider public. An estimated 400 people per month are injecting heroin on Dublin streets, according to the Anna Liffey Drug Treatment Centre. The filthy and unsafe conditions of public injecting were evident across the Dublin city centre over the course of two mornings in the week after planning permission for the first medically supervised injecting facility was set aside by the High Court. The planned centre, which would have uh, been opened by Merchants Quay um, Island at its Riverbank Centre premises in Dublin 8, had failed to properly engage with objections from a nearby national school, Mr Justice Garrett Simons ruled, as he remitted the decision for, quote, reconsideration. Shortly after 7.30am on Loftus Lane behind the Cineworld on Parnell Street, three young men... In two open tents appear barely conscious, a used syringe lies on the floor of one tent. Scattered around outside are 21 used syringes and needles, along with swabs, bloody swabs, citric acid wrappers used to break down the heroin, and sterile wipes. Should any of the men overdose, it is likely they would lay undiscovered here for several hours. Wow, detritus. Across the Liffey at Bedford Lane, a narrow alley, alley off the keys, the detritus of injecting needles, disposable cooking pots provided by needle exchanges, syringe barrels, filters and swabs lie amid rubbish and human faeces. The scene is repeated at numerous locations. Just after 9am in three tents at the corner of St Stephen's Green, opposite the Shelbourne Hotel, there are four men. One is lying down, 
suffering from heroin withdrawals. Jay, 26, a former intravenous, former intravenous user who was with him, says he's lost about 10 friends to drug overdoses in the past decade. Quote, I smoke the brown heroin, he says. I don't use, but I know plenty of people who need a safe place to use. You don't use, but he smokes it. So that's an interesting dichotomy. Um, if you go down an alley and use and an, and OD or overdose, in five minutes you can pass away and no one sees you. By the time it comes to half an hour and someone sees you, it's too late. So tackling rural drug addiction, people are buying boxes and boxes of codeine-based drugs. How has the drug trade reached every corner of Ireland and who is involved? Cocaine has become the king as Irish towns struggle with drug issues. Quote, some don't clean up their needles, are leaving them around for children to find. That was always a problem we worried about in Australia. That's dangerous. They need a place where they can use safely and dispose of their shit after. If there was an injection room, yeah, 100%, it'd be a lot safer. Over the past year, Dublin Fire Brigade paramedics attended 1,089 drug-related incidents in the city centre, according to figures provided to the Irish Times, with 109 of these happening just last month. Just after 11am on Ormond Lane off Ormond Quay, a woman aged 26 but looking far younger leans over and pulls back her leggings to expose her groin, into which she injects. As she does so, a woman in a pretty blue summer dress walks through the lane, which is yards from a playground at Ormond Square. I mean, even just reading this much, wouldn't a medically supervised injecting centre be an Infinitely preferable, yeah. wouldn't it? I would have thought so. Um, it goes on to talk about health issues. Groin injecting, favoured amongst users who have to inject in public due to the speed with which the drugs can be administered, is associated with a range of serious health issues, says Tony Duffin. Chief Executive of the Anna Liffey Drug Treatment Centre. These include deep vein thrombosis, leg ulcers and damage to the lower venous system. Mm. An outreach worker who knows the woman says she's really worried that she'll lose one of her legs. Also on Ormond Lane is wheelchair-bound Stephen Allen, 34. He had a leg amputated when, quote, an abscess blew up after he injected two years ago. He was in a squat with other users at the time. Quote, my mate rang an ambulance. I was taken to the hospital. Septicemia was running through me. I woke up with one leg gone. Wow. Wow. I was in hospital for a year and I'm waiting on a prosthesis. Asked about an injecting facility, he says it would certainly make the place a lot cleaner. Mm. Dublin City Council's waste management staff, quote, routinely collect and remove needles throughout the day from 6am. The city centre in particular is especially prone to discarded needles as it contains multiple areas and opportunities, such as laneways for drug users to inject. Staff receive training for the task and all of our vehicles now carry sharps boxes for disposing collected, uh, collected needles. Unseen needles, it goes on to say. She said hidden or unseen needles, especially in litter bins, pose the greatest risk to staff and public. Eamon of 48 begging on Lower Liffey Street at around 11.30am, says he injects about four times a day in laneways and parks. Yeah, it's quoted. Yeah, people passing are passing all the time. It's disgusting for me, for them, he says. Asked about concern raised by opponents of the city centre injecting facility, 
that it would attract more users to the area, he says. A centre's not going to make more people use. If you're going to take drugs, you're going to take drugs. We say that every week, do we not, Jeffrey? But it would get out of the pub, get it out of the public eye. And the last quote, and there are a lot of young girls using now. It would be especially safer for them. Yeah, it's badly needed. It's a really good article. Yeah, yeah. So that's the situation in Dublin. And that sounds just gross, and I can't imagine how horrifying that would be. It, it's like tra- it's traumatizing. There are a lot of people who just can't stand the sight of a needle going into a vein. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I've got to the point where I'm finding it really hard to watch a needle going into an arm on TV. It's just, it's becoming revolting to me, Jeff. What, all the COVID yeah, shots? All the COVID shots. I'm getting sick of seeing the needles going into the arms. I don't want to see yeah, it we've anymore. Seen lots of them. <laughs> Happy to have it happen. Yeah. But I don't want to watch it. Yeah. I'm sick of seeing it go into people's muscles. I'm just like, just do it. Just We know what it looks like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How many times do you have to show it on TV for it to be true? Anyway, look, it's a really good article. It's a really, it's a frightening one, though. Mm. But it, it makes the point clearly and starkly, yeah? That's what it looks like when you don't have a safe injecting site. And that's what it could like look like. I can't imagine the ACT being like that, but... It is in some places, yeah. There are laneways, there are parks, there are public toilets are the issue, I think, for us. They must not have public toilets of the same sort as Mm. we have in Canberra, in Dublin. That's all I can say, that that they just don't move from where they beg or they, they whack up where they beg, they inject where they beg. On the city streets or just around the corner? Yeah. Just, it's pretty frightening, it's isn't pretty it? It's pretty frightening. And I just don't understand how any political leader with any... So that wasn't Mother's that Little wasn't Helper. That wasn't Mother's Little Helper. It was mixed emotions, which is not one of their best tracks. No, the, not really, and which is why we faded it out. It was okay. a two-CD two CD set and I picked the wrong one, so yeah, apologies never mind. for that. And we've got a couple more interesting international stories. I thought this one was um, quite striking. Really about, poignant, Jeffrey, I think. Yeah, loneliness is driving more older ad- adults to use opioids and prescription drugs. And this is by Chris Mellor from studyfinds.org, July the 26th. Loneliness has become a major mental health talking point during the coronavirus pandemic. It's particularly prevalent amongst older adults, something that generally went without discussion before quarantines allowed much of society to see how painful living alone can be for some. Now a new study is revealing how dangerous feeling lonely can be for seniors, especially when it comes to taking medications. Researchers from the University of California, San Francisco, say that older adults who consider themselves very lonely are much more likely to be using prescription painkillers, anti-anxiety drugs and powerful opioids than more active seniors. Mm. The study's authors surveyed 6,000 seniors across the United States and discovered that only half say that they're not lonely. Wow. Meanwhile, 40% say they're moderately lonely. 7% consider themselves very lonely. Unfortunately, the study discovered a link between levels of loneliness and use of prescription drugs such as Valium, Xanax, Buspar. I don't know Buspar. No, neither do I. And, and Ambien. I don't know that either. The more someone feels isolated and alone, the higher the likelihood that they're not just taking these medications but also taking several different varieties at the same time. Mm. Quote, there's a misconception that as we age we become more withdrawn and less sociable, says first author Ashwin Cotwell. MD from the University of California, San Francisco Division of Geriatrics. 
In fact, older people are more socially active than other age groups and frequently play major roles in their communities. Yeah. When older people are not socially active, we need to recognise that there's a problem. Indeed. Lonely seniors turning to dementia-causing drugs? It questions. Researchers examined data from the National Social Life, Health and Ageing Project, which looked at each person's use of medications. The group, which had an average age of 73 revealed details about their prescription drug regimen, using phrases such as, they take these medications, quote, on a regular schedule, like every day or every week. While only 6% of the non-lonely seniors reported using prescription opioids, 8% of moderately lonely seniors say they do, and 11% of very lonely seniors say the same. When it comes to anti-anxiety drugs and sedatives, 23% of the very lonely group admit to using these drugs. Just 13% of the moderately lonely and 9% of the non-lonely groups do the same. Concerning the anti-anxiety medications and sedatives category also contains anticholinergic drugs like Valium, Unisom and tricyclic antidepressants. Study authors note uh, these kinds of medications have a link to higher risks for de- developing dementia. Moreover, highly lonely older adults are significantly more likely to use five or more medications at once in comparison to non-lonely Americans. Specifically, 58% of seniors experiencing loneliness use several prescription drugs compared to 46% of their non-lonely peers. A prescription for social engagement. It goes on. Cotwell says, in an attempt to cut back on psychotropic drug use, doctors need to look at, quote, social prescribing for older adults. The researcher adds that having link workers in primary care practices can help with this process. Setting up patients with senior centres exercise classes, grief groups or volunteer programs. Quote, we don't want to pathologise loneliness. Most people experience loneliness at some point in their lives, but when experiences of loneliness persist for many months or years, it can cause psychological changes, such as ramped up stress response, sleep problems and even heart disease, Cotwell explains. And a lack of social contact can erode our social skills, making it more difficult over time to connect with others and creating a vicious cycle. Researchers say, however, that it will take time to de-prescribe the public, even though most physicians know that there are dangers of using these drugs long term. Switching off of medications, which work quickly to activities which take longer to see results, can be challenging especially when people feel in distress. The study appears in the uh, Journal of uh, Internal... JAMA, Journal of American Medicine... Medical Association, Internal Medicine. Don't you think that's interesting? And it's an important point. I think that um, feeling and being lonely are, are, um, are obviously... are very subjective things, right? And if you're living alone, then, and this is what I wonder about 
the study, whether they were investigating people who lived alone as well. Mm. Um, because if you have to get up off your butt and do something to connect with somebody else, then yes, I, I understand that feeling lonely is a whole, um, uh, it's a whole kind of lifestyle thing. It's because you are alone mm. that you tend to feel lonely. lonely. But when you are not alone, you can still feel lonely. So I wonder how many people um, these older Americans were connecting with, uh, like whether they were living with anybody else, mm. for instance, which is why I think a lot of people are actually moving into residential facilities as they get older because they can connect. With other people. Yeah, and by choice though, rather than all the time because they have to. So yeah. having little independent living facilities is really quite a good idea. Yeah. But yes, I, and I do understand that. But uh, the interesting idea about becoming more prone to Alzheimer's because of the use of things like benzodiazepines is interesting. Um, and I wonder if you know, many people have actually thought about that. Um, as a long-term issue, whether that's... I mean, I haven't seen a lot of science about that, Jeffrey, and whether that is true or whether it's the loss of memory when you're on, under the influence of uh, benzodiazepines, which is, you know, well-known, yeah. that you just lose it. And I might not lose it without being under the influence of benzodiazepines. <laughs> Interesting article, though, well, really. A lot of seniors are over-medicated too, aren't they? You know. Well, because they want an answer or a response or a result now. Yeah. And we've been trained into that, haven't we, over Instant years. Fix. You know, yeah. a doctor will give you a prescription. Yeah. That'll fix you now. Now. So, and things like um, the natural therapies, which we tried to get people to take to use for withdrawal symptoms, for instance, are not as potent. They don't happen immediately. They mm. don't affect you immediately. And we're not good at copying stuff that doesn't happen automatically or yeah. right now. That's a really good. good point. It's like Homer Simpson, 40 seconds, but I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how are we going? Uh, do we want to do that? Shall we have a talk about Germany? Because I thought that was a – that it's a no, well, it's not all that long. Let's see if we can give a, a flavour of and it. A half, yeah. yeah. Okay, Germany. Look, it's another article from overseas, and I know we've done a few of these. Well, just a couple of them because we spent the first half of the program on Canberra. Germany drug gangs grow more brutal and unscrupulous, and I've got to say, you know, this is not just Germany; it's happening. This is from DeutscheWelle dot com, um, July twenty seven, or DW dot com, July twenty seven. The killing of a top journalist in the Netherlands shows that drug gangs are increasingly likely to use violence, a new German report shows. It also highlighted increasing trafficking of, quote, new psychoactive substance, substances. Did you see that, Jeffrey? the um, the death of that Peter van der... Yes, I did. Who's, and there was a massive funeral for yeah. him. And he was doing a lot of underground like work into drug... Serious trafficking, investigative yeah. journalism. So yeah. it was really um, quite fr spooky. Anyway, a German go a German government report into the drug crime into drug crime released on Tuesday shows how organised crime groups are increasingly likely to use violence. Police identified some two hundred eighty four thousand seven hundred and twenty three suspects acting as part of criminal organisations in twenty twenty and they were increasingly likely to be armed. Journalists' killing reveals danger. 
It goes on. Federal Criminal Police Officer BKA President Holger Munch said the data showed a, quote, growing potential for violence in this phenomenon area, end quote. Munch said that the fatal shooting of Dutch crime journalist Peter de Vries in Amsterdam earlier this month was evidence of the threat posed by organised international narcotics trafficking. According to media reports, de Vries may have been caught between the fronts of a cocaine war between rival mafia clans. The German government's Federal Drugs Commissioner, Daniela Ludwig, warned that the situation in Germany should not be allowed to go as far as that in the Netherlands. Quote, we are seeing an increasing number of drug-related crimes in Germany and the EU, which are being carried out ever more brutally, ever more unscrupulously, said Ludwig. Quote, we must prevent criminals from behaving in Germany as if their actions had no consequences, as if they were in a lawless space. That is by no means the case here, and we must make that even clearer in the future. Well, good luck achieving that as long as prohibition Absolutely, stays in effect. Absolutely, yeah. That's really optimistic, eh? Look, it goes into um, the increased availability of new psychoactive substances and um, Germany being used as a transit country for chemicals in drugs production, um, but it's destined for the Netherlands. Um, but... Uh, do you want to just finish the last paragraph? Yeah, sure. Traditional drugs are still big, big business. So that the previous bit was just about new psychoactive substances. So this is traditional drugs, still big business. The most trafficked narcotic in 2020 was cannabis, with 31,961 recorded cases. Oh, that's arrests, I imagine, followed by amphetamines with 5,581 recorded offences. When it came to heroin trafficking, cases known to the police were down 4.9% compared to 2019. However, officials said there was thought to still be widespread availability and continued demand for the drug in the German market. Surprise, surprise. Estimates by the UN United Nations show opium poppy cultivation in areas southwest Asia of Southwest Asia um, grew significant in 2020. Well, that's interesting. When it came to cocaine, the trend appeared to be ever upward. Total cocaine seizures in 2020 were at least 11 metric tonnes. Ooh. In 2018, there were at least five metric tonnes, which increased to 10 tonnes in, uh, in 2019. A record seizure of 16 tonnes in the port of Hamburg in February this year indicates that this trend will continue. So much money in it, gang. Just think about that. Restrictions imposed because of COVID-19 pandemic were said to have had little impact on narcotics crime. Drugs continue to be widely available, officials say, with increased use of the already well-established online trade. Well, no surprise. No surprise, but it's interesting that the European Union, which uh, is not as shut down as Australia is, Mm. are having an easier time of getting the drugs through. Um, but what they're noticing, I suspect, is increasing levels of busts, right? So they're actually spotting it, and maybe that's what's happening in Australia too. So the level, the level of risk that people are prepared to take, is reduced in Europe, yeah, as opposed to Australia. Well, that brings us to the end of another news from the yeah. Drug Warfront. Yeah, look, we Hope had some was... great articles and we might do some more of them next week, Kate, because there's still more, still more to come. You had a really good bunch of them. We didn't even talk about input. 
and its um, statement to the uh, didn't talk much about the women's program, although you did um, exhort people to contact Monica. I did, Um, but yeah. Anyway, we'll get on to this next week. We'll be back next week. We'll leave you the theme song. Yeah, bye everybody. Look after yourselves. Please stay safe. Hey, stay safe. Yeah. Yeah, bye. Bye.